Hey, thanks for listening to Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. Don't forget to give it a like, give it a share, and follow the podcast to hear more episodes. Hey, what's up everybody? It is Tebs Talks, the premier useless podcast. I'm your host, Jason Tebs. Um, my son, we put him in daycare, but he's not in daycare full time. If my wife is doing a closing shift, we don't actually need to put him in daycare, but because we put him down for a nap she leaves for work and by the time he wakes up from his nap i'm done with my work day because i get my day started at six i get off at two i know it's a it's a blessed schedule that i am very fortunate to have and you know i don't mind waking up at six in the morning just to start work because getting off at two is the best but that's that's neither here nor there um it's the days that we do take him to daycare that are rough um they're just like, well, on one hand, they make life way easier because we got somebody else to like watch him take care of him and we can get other stuff done or my wife can go to work. I can be at work uninterrupted, but it's the, it's the times when you're dropping him off or when we drop off our kid and he's like, oh, you know, I, I don't want my mom and dad to leave. That's so rough. It is one of the most heartbreaking things that I've ever had to experience as a parent is just dropping them off and saying, hey, good, you know, goodbye. I know you're in good hands. I have a camera where I can watch you, but you don't recognize that at the moment. All you know is that mom and dad are leaving you, um, which it's so sweet that he loves us and he does want to be with us and he doesn't want us to leave. On the other hand, it's just like there are times where I'm like, I'm just not going to drop you off because I can't handle that whole process of setting you down and then having to go and hearing you cry in the background but I was probably the same way when I was a baby if my parents dropped me off anywhere and they were leaving I probably cried and wanted them back and um the the whole like if if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for any amount of time when when the kids get dropped off uh in like not sunbeams what's nursery when the kids get dropped off in the nursery um that's always funny to well, not funny. It's still kind of sad, but it's the same effect. And then once they get in there and they get a little more comfortable, like they do great. They have friends they can socialize. And one of the biggest fears is that my kid has crazy anxiety while he's there. Um, I know my genes, there's anxiety, a lot of anxiety. Um, my wife's genes, you know, my wife has her own anxieties and I don't know if it's like as prevalent in her family. Um, Every family has different genetic, uh, physical, mental issues that they got to deal with, right? Um, I know for sure that my family has like that anxiety gene, I guess you could call it. I'm not 100% sure how prevalent it is in my wife's gene pool, but, you know, I've been married to my wife for over five years now, so I can tell like, yeah, she does have her own anxiety issues that we that she has to deal with and so does everybody like we all we all have anxiety to some degree but it it's easier for me and my wife to communicate that to each other than for my child to communicate that to really anybody and there's always a big worry like you know I've talked about oh he get he might get shoved over by another kid um and just watching him like get hurt get those bumps and scrapes but I, I don't know if I've gone too much into wanting to know what his mental state is like now i i can be pretty rest assured that especially i forgot what day it was this week but i picked him up 
and he just seemed super happy. He was sitting politely. He was kind of like babbling with some of the other kids. When I picked him up, he waved goodbye to everybody. Uh, he was waving goodbye. And he just seemed, he was laughing and giggling and seemed in good spirits. So I do, and the workers there have told us, you know, when we've picked him up, like, hey, he's getting way better at socializing. He seems less shy. He he um is is taking better naps. He's eating better. So I feel like he's getting less and less anxious and more and more comfortable being there. But, you know, I, I feel for the kid. I, again, I can't fully understand, like, is it anxiety that he's experiencing? Obviously, there's probably some of it there. But me, whenever I, I'll, I'll take, I'll give you a couple examples. When I start a new job, I'm pretty similar. Now, this most recent job, I think I've fallen into the easiest and felt the most comfortable the quickest. But my job before this, I I got in, I went through the training, and when I first got on the floor, um, there was another guy, his name's Ryan, I've talked about Ryan before on the podcast, um, and he was going to be on my team, and he had started a week before I did, so he had gotten, or maybe not a week, maybe a month before I did, a um, couple weeks at least. So he was going to, or he was on the floor for a little bit by the time I joined, and he turned to me and was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm Ryan. I'm like, yeah, I'm Jason. He's like, so where are you from? And I said, I'm from Layton. And I didn't really give him much eye contact because um, I was kind of focusing on two things at once. And there were there were two things that stacked up in that moment that made Ryan think I was complete, like made Ryan think that I was a complete asshole. The first was I was anxious. I didn't know where I stood in this whole ecosystem of my last job. I was I was the new guy. I was fresh onto the floor. You know, I I, I didn't know where I stood. I didn't know how everybody worked. Um, so I, I was a little bit on the defensive. And then two, I've gotten in the habit of whenever I'm saying where I'm from, I grew up in a city called Layton. I always emphasize, emphasize that T um, and try and speak very clear. Because I've had times where, you know, I say it like any Laytonian does. Oh, I'm from Layton. And when you say it like that, sometimes people don't quite pick up on what you've said. So I've gotten in the habit of being very clear and emphasizing that. Well, he took it as me being a pompous asshole when I said, oh, I'm from Layton. Like, and he kind of turned away. And he'll he'll always joke. He's like, you said that. And I turned away. And I'm like, oh, well, look at this butthole. He's from Layton. Oh, da, 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 da. So just those two things like stacked up on each other and I don't, obviously that interaction didn't hinder mine and Ryan's long-term relationship, but I don't think we would have had that initial hiccup had I not been so anxious and had I not had that anxiety. Ryan was the type of guy where he could really talk to anybody um, and be cool with it. I'm not that way. I I can talk into a microphone. I can present to anybody, but like having a one-on-one conversation I'm really bad at that in the beginning. And and part of it is that anxiety. And I've gotten better with my anxiety. Definitely in high school, it was like the worst. Um, as I imagine anxiety is for a lot of people. It's, you know, or emotions and hormones and stuff are the worst in high school. So nothing new there. But another example of when I started a job, and I think I've told this story before, is um, a boss or the, the president of the company, he pulls me in. I started in like September and they were doing like the end of year reviews in December or something. 
um, or very shortly after I joined, not too terribly long. I wasn't even at that job for very long. It was just kind of to hold me over in a weird period in my life. Um, and I knew the VP and the president personally, so they kind of threw me a bone with that. Sorry, got tangent, but president pulls me into the office for the end of year review. He's like, Hey man, you know, things are going great. He's like, I got to tell you something though. When you first started this job, we weren't sure it was going to work out. Like we were very much debating if you were the right fit because you weren't really talking to anybody. You weren't socializing you didn't seem like you really fit in with the atmosphere and he said suddenly it seemed like overnight you were everybody's best friend and then from there it's been fine and he's like what we realized is you were just trying to figure out the situation and understand everybody before you really like engaged socially with them um and i was like you know thanks that that is kind of how i how i work Um, I don't think it's any superpower. Uh, I do think I have a talent of finding how comfortable people are in in different social um, interactions. And I know where people's like lines are and I know how to push those lines and land right where somebody is like in that, oh, I'm so comfortable with this, but oh, it's teetering that uncomfortable um, spot. I'm really good at that. Um, But I think I use that as a defense mechanism of I'm so anxious when I first meet people or when I first get into a job that I'm like, okay, I, I freak out for a bit because I don't know where I stand and I don't know where, you know, what makes everybody tick. Again, you know, this most recent job, I think one, I naturally gelled with the people just so quickly that I didn't have that experience. Um, and I really, I really fell into a natural, comfortable position with everybody. And I, I even sensed it in my interview where I'm like, okay, I, I gel with these guys that are going to be like my department heads. I, I gelled with them really well. So I don't know. Mental, mental health is, is rough. And I just want to make sure that my kid and myself and my wife and everybody else has that mental health taken care of. And it's hard to drop him off and hear him crying as I walk away and wondering like you know or we look on the camera and he's just kind of hovering around by himself just observing people not really interacting it's hard to be confident that mentally he's okay you know physically he's in no harm so long as that blonde kid doesn't come around and shove him but like is is he worried is he upset is he anxious because i don't want my kid to be anxious but on the flip side he does need to experience these social interactions where he has to go a little bit out of his comfort comfort zone and make friends and understand, okay, this is how the system of daycare works and this is where I fit in. And I do really think he's been getting better at it and I'm so grateful for that. I'm going to take a quick break um, and come back with more. Okay, I'm back. So I'm not a doctor. I'm never going to claim that I have any professional knowledge in very many things and most of what I say is very anecdotal very personal to me and just how I'm seeing and experiencing my life so and I preface this next part like I want to say that up front because I'm probably going to end up talking about a topic that if somebody happens upon this podcast might be like whoa this guy's kind of way out of line with what he's saying or he doesn't fully understand um the the reason why I'm, I'm talking about anxiety today is 
two reasons. The first, I had that experience where I dropped my kid off at the daycare and I could just see how sad he was when I was walking away and I could hear him crying and, and that w- that's rough and we can watch him on the video cameras and sometimes it, it does seem like he's a little anxious and a little uncomfortable. Um, and then two, I recently got a TikTok, so I've been watching a lot more TikToks lately and TikTok is a platform where people are very, very open about their mental state and their mental health and their fears and their anxieties and, you know, if they have depression or ADHD um, or, like, Asperger's or um, what is the one that I can't think of? Uh, Autism, the autism spectrum, right? Um, and, And very wide range of other things. People, and I think it's a generational thing. I think my generation is a lot better at talking about things than the generation above me. And I think the generation below me is even more open about it. Um, I do think that that can be positive, and I do think it causes a little bit of negatives. um, Where if you just get this spiraling echo chamber of people that are all having these situations mentally um, and emotionally, then they might, they might like amplify off of each other and nobody's actually having that proper conversation of, Hey, let's, let's get this worked out. Right. It's just, Oh, I'm sad. You're sad. Okay. Well, we're both sad now. At least we have the validation of that, but did the, did the problem ever really get solved? Um, and because people are so open about it, like you, you just see it naturally as you're scrolling through your feed or what the algorithm, the almighty algorithm recommends to you. Uh, like one I saw today, um, a guy and the way he, like, obviously he was being humorous about it. Um, but he was saying like, Oh, you know, I just, just wake up and I take my little self over to my little, um, little computer to do my little job and I check my little emails and I look at the little emails and I get a little bit of anxiety and um, then I take a little sip of my little coffee and I'm gonna walk around and he was saying he was saying the word little a lot or one of those words and he was saying like oh man like I go to I'm in this pandemic I'm working from home which is stressful enough and then work stresses me out and okay I don't have proper ways to cope with this and the stress and the anxiety that is mounting on me and he did in a way where i was like oh that you know kind of chuckle haha but you know there there is that underlying truth of man i'm stressed and i do have anxiety about what's going on and i i turned to my wife and i i probably said this in a very untactful way. And it's, it's a very untactful thing to say, but I was like, I'm, I think I have too strong of a mental health for TikTok, And that is, that is incredibly wrong of me to say, but I just kept seeing, you know, video after video of somebody talking about or explaining a, a issue with like mental health or, uh, a mental struggle that they're having and then maybe it's just because yeah i am of a generation though i am a lot more comfortable 
speaking about it. I think I'm in a generation where millennials are comfortable speaking about it to the people they know, but still aren't out there broadcasting it in real time into the ether that is the internet, right? Where the generation below me, we'll call them Zoomers, why not, are very much like, hey, internet world, here is what I'm feeling and thinking and the the social, mental stresses and anxieties and fears and issues that I'm having. And they're, they're a lot more open to just publicly announce that into a grand void. Now, if anybody asked me, I'd be very upfront with, yeah, you know, I've had major anxiety in the past. I've gotten a lot better. How I got better, I know won't work for everybody because a lot of my healing had religious undertones to it. Um, But I just sat there and I was like, I don't know if I like hearing all of this stuff. Now, I'm not going to say they shouldn't make it anymore. Like, you know, they can make whatever TikToks they want so long as they're not harming themselves or other people or breaking whatever guidelines TikTok has. But it was just a lot and it was just heavy. And I was like, I'm just here to have a good time. I don't need to be reminded about all these mental issues going on. Because it's like, I get it. We're in a pandemic. Life's hard for a lot of people. But I'm like, I'm not the person you should be talking to about this. Maybe it... Maybe it helps you in some sort of way. And a lot of a lot of people, you know, my age included, are very upfront of like, yeah, I am seeking proper help, um, both professionally, medically, whatever that might be. They're also very upfront about that. But it's like, yeah, I'll go to my friends and if we're having a party, I, I can be like, hey guys, I, don't, I hate to dampen the mood, but it's just like, I need to talk about this. I need to get off my chest. I trust you guys a lot. But it's just like, my generation is like, yeah, the people I trust. My parents' generation, it's like they aren't talking about it to anybody. The boomers are very tight-lipped about you don't complain about your mental health issues. And it was just, it's a completely different generation that grew up in a completely different world. Um, And you just didn't talk about those things because you know what? There were other things that you had to focus on. And it's, it's gotten better and better each generation. But, and... Going back to the comment, like, I think I have too strong of a mental health for TikTok. I don't think I'm above anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't think because I have a very positive self-image of myself and I've gotten a low, a lot, I've gotten over a lot of my anxiety problems. I don't think that makes me some sort of great, fantastic person. I think it just puts me in a different realm of content that I want to consume. And it's okay. It's okay that I want to see different things when I go onto TikTok than other people because I'm sure, and there are a lot of like professionals on TikTok that are like, hey, you know, here are some tips on proper mental health and dealing with stress and anxiety and all these other different things. And that's fantastic. And whenever I see those, like I'm, I'm super happy about it. Relating back to Twitch, uh, Twitch has Dr. K and I really like listening to Dr. K because he does like live essentially more or less therapy sessions with people where he talks about these things and proper mental health and all of that. And I think that's great. But in Twitch or YouTube, I oftentimes like am searching out that content in on TikTok. It's like the algorithm is just putting stuff in front of you. There's no real easy way. Well, I mean, there is a way to like search it out because you can look up accounts. You can look up specific tags that TikTok has 
and find them. But when you're just scrolling through this, what's called for you page, it's just putting up whatever the algorithm algorithm things are going to watch. So there are some things where I'm like, okay, because I've watched maybe one or two of these things, now I'm getting recommended them all the time, you know, just from certain specific people. And I'm like, I, I, I don't care to see it anymore. Like you, you can make it. And I hope it helps you. And I hope it helps, you know, some of your followers. And I hope you have, it's a positive thing in your life. I hope you're not doing it just to like cover up these things or push them aside or like put a facade. I I really do hope it's a beneficial thing for you. It's just not the thing for me because I want, I want, I just want comedy when I go on there. Like, sure, I might be having my own mental issues, but I'm going to TikTok to kind of like forget about those and have a laugh and um, satiate my mild ADD, right? I'm like, my brain's just got to be doing something and it's got to be watching these videos because it needs like something where I'm like, oh, I I completed something. I completed watching a 60 second video. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that my generation, the generation below me are a lot more upfront with mental health issues and more willing to discuss them and talk about them and actually do the proper things to rectify them. I just worry that there are also other systems, a lot of different systems that are just like compounding, echoing reasons and these sentiments that causes this anxiety. And it's like, where do we strike a balance? Are we even in charge of some of this? I mean, obviously we're, we're in charge of what we put on like a social media platform, but are we in charge of the economy as a whole? Are we in charge of the mounting, you know, national debt, consumer debt that people have, the housing market has priced so many people out, jobs are hard to find, like your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to, you know, we need any advantage that we can get, not just my generation, the generation below me, but throughout all the generations, but is doing these things and being so public about them an advantage? Is it a benefit? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. I haven't done the research to know. Just anecdotally, it's just something where I'm like, I don't know if constantly doing TikToks about this is beneficial. I think discussing it with somebody you trust is, putting it out there for the world to see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I'm going to end this. That's how I'm going to end this podcast episode. I don't know. Thanks for listening. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Pummelhead, on TikTok at Pummelhead. Um, Follow the podcast, like the podcast, favorite the podcast, share the podcast, send it to your best friend and say, hey, I trust you. I will talk to you if I ever feel the need to discuss my mental state because I love you and I feel comfortable around you. Tell them you love them. I'll catch you next time.